So hi, Krithi, welcome to the clinical scenario for the deranged liver function tests. The, vignette, uh, the vignette for this case is that you are called to, to resus to see a 58-year-old male with known gallstones who's presented with fever, abdominal pain and jaundice. Bloods have been sent and the results are awaited. Uh, on examination, he is febrile with a heart rate of 120 beats per minute and his blood pressure is 90 over 60 millimetres of mercury. Talk to us about how you would proceed with this. Sure. Thank you, Michael. So I think I believe based on the vignette, uh, this is a gentleman's acutely unwell with likely septic shock. And the cause of sepsis is likely to be intra-abdominal here. Specifically, I'm concerned about his ending phalangitis based on his presenting complaint and his background of gallstones. And as such, I would want to first stabilize this patient um, based on the A to E assessment. And proceeding that, uh, following that, I would want to get a bit more history and examination from this patient. In terms of salient points from the clinical history, I would want to know the onset of the symptoms. Is this something that has happened acutely, which is likely in this case? And uh, the other key thing is I want to rule out other potential causes of sepsis, uh, specifically urinary chest sepsis, as patient can present acutely unwell as well. Uh, it was mentioned that patient has history of gallstones. So I would want to know uh, if we had any previous imaging imaging of this patient, particularly looking at the location of the gallstones. Is he known to have CBD stones? Has he had previous ERCP or stents uh, or previous admissions episodes with cholangitis? Because uh, the previous microbiology may be relevant here, especially if they've got different microorganisms such as ESBL, where you would need to consider uh, good anti uh, micro uh, coverage of microorganisms. Drug history is quite important as well, particularly patients on antiplatelets or anticoagulants, as um, if this is proven to be ascending cholangitis, patient may need um, endoscopy intervention such as ERCP. So we uh, need to absolutely be sure of uh, any anticoagulants that the patient may or may or not have taken. And if they are on them, when was the last uh, taken? Uh, this is a young patient, so maybe not very relevant, but um, essentially you need to find out more about patients' comorbidities and physiological function. Because if you're thinking sort of more invasive investigations down the line, uh, you need to assess the suitability for those investigations, particularly for ERCP, which does carry a high sort of complications and mortality. Uh, so it's key to assess the patient's comorbidities and if they're fit enough for these procedures. Because if they're extremely frail in someone who's elderly in their 90s, perhaps a more conservative management may be a better option. Okay. And you mentioned about examination. What would you look for in the examination? I think key thing here is looking at his hemodynamics. He was clearly very hypotensive and tachycardic here. So I would want to know his fluid status is, has he got more sort of uh, volume for fluid resuscitation, uh, knowing what is the status of his organ perfusions, what's his GCS, is he confused, what's his urine output, because if patients in septic shock, he may uh, well he'll need sort of IT or RRT intervention because uh, he needs sort of closer monitoring. He may or may not need renal replacement therapy if he's got significant AKI or even AV support if he's uh, profoundly confused, delirious or encephalopathic from this acute episode. Um, in terms of specific examination, I think key here, key thing is abdominal examination. I just want to rule out an acute abdomen, make sure he's not had got any underlying perforation to collection. Okay. And what investigations would you like to do? Uh, in terms of investigations, so blood test wise, you're going to do your routine blood test, uh, importantly, FBC, looking for any base white cell count, uh, which is likely here, and hemoglobin and platelets, particularly if you're thinking about invasive procedures or ERCP in this case, as you, need, you may need transfusion of either platelets or uh, red blood cells. 
uh, use and ease, uh, again, looking for other organ involvement as patients who are presenting with sepsis often have AKIs or derange electrolytes, particularly hyperkalemia, if they've got ongoing oligouria or anuria. Uh, CRP, again, as a marker of infection. LFTs is um, the key investigation here. You don't know the pattern of the LFTs. Uh, so I would add on sort of a gamma GT in terms in, on top of your routine LFTs as well. Coagulation screen is important here. Uh, you can check the INR, uh, PTA, PTK, and fibrinogen, but particularly you're interested in the INR here because uh, you need to correct them if you're planning an ERCP. Um, I would group and save these patients because if the concern about a surgical um, abdomen uh, of the going for a procedure, you might as well send a group and save from the onset just to prevent any delay. Septic screen, use in blood cultures, urine, chest x-ray, also looking for other potential um, causes of sepsis here, given he's acutely unwell. And a VBG looking at his acid-base status and lactate. And is there any imaging you'd like to perform? In terms of for this patient specifically, I'm obviously very concerned about him and I would get an urgent CT abdomen pelvis um, just to get quick answers. Uh, particularly, I'm looking for any evidence of perforation and collection because uh, if there's evidence of this, you need to get our surgical colleagues involved quite early on. And um, if not, you want to see if there's any evidence of CBD stones, uh, looking at the CBD diameter, or any evidence of sort of duct dilatation. Uh, so I appreciate CT is not the best modality for looking for uh, stones. Uh, MRCP is more sort of more sensitive, but in an acute setting, a CT abdomen pelvis would be more sensible given MRCP may not happen out of hours. Okay, so blood tests are now back and he's got a white cell count of 15 and a CRP of 120. His hemoglobin is 100 and his platelet count is 150. His renal function shows a creatinine of 130 and his urea is 15 with a potassium of 6.5. His liver panel shows a bilirubin of 60, an ALT of 80, an ALP of 300 and a gamma GT of 250. His INR is 2.5 and his lactate is 3. Knowing that, what do you think is going on and how would you proceed? Okay. Uh, so based on the blood results, I note patient has a predominantly obstructive LFT pattern with coagulopathy, um, also with other organ involvement. There's no baseline renal function here, but he's likely to have an AKI based on that renal function. His inflammatory is also raised in keeping with an infective process. His hemoglobin slightly low, so it'd be key to exclude any sort of clinical evidence of any ongoing GI bleed. Uh, so checking for malina hematemesis. Um, lactate is three, which is in keeping with sepsis. So manage, management of these patients wise, key thing is resuscitation. So make sure the patient's got good IV access, fluid resuscitation, crystalloids here, and monitoring the urine outputs. So I would catheterize this patient, especially with ongoing um, AKI and hyperkalemia. Um, the next most important thing is uh, managing the hyperkalemia here because obviously that's life-threatening. So making sure you're correcting hyperkalemia, uh, you know, insulin dextrose, subutamol, and repeating um, your use and ease. Um, early ICU support here is indicated um, if he's um, requiring vasopressors because he might still be hypertensive despite adequate fluid resuscitation. If he's oliguric or anuric with an AKI or sort of resistant hyperkalemia, he may need renal replacement therapy. So I would make an early phone call to my ICU colleague. And also AVI support if they've got any, you know, if I'm concerned about low GCS or AVI compromise in this group of patients. I would then start these patients, after full septic screening been done, I would start these patients on broad spectrum antibiotics as per your local protocol. Um, 
and essentially this patient needs source control. If you're suspecting ascending cholangitis here, yeah, this patient will need an ERCP, but I'll need to get the CT abdomen pelvis resolved first before proceeding with requesting an ERCP. Yeah, okay, so the CT scan is done and shows a dilated CBD 18 millimeters with intrahepatic duct dilatation and multiple stones noted in the CBD. What do you think about that? So this again confirms the sort of the provisional diagnosis that we had from the start. Patient does have ascending cholangitis and he's got CBD stones as the source here. So patient needs an ERCP. Um, so key thing here, if the patients are anti-playless, anticoagulants, you need to stop them. His INI was raised 2.5, but no evidence of clinical bleed, uh, no clinical evidence of bleeding. So you'd correct them with vitamin K in the first instance and repeating the INR. Um, again, assessing patient fitness for ERCP. There's, there was no any concerns, a fairly young, healthy male. So he should be fit enough for an ERCP. Um, he may or may not be able to consent for this procedure if he's delirious or got OGCS. So you need to discuss that with family and obviously put a consent form for uh, as, um, uh, as the clinician. And um, yeah, so essentially prepping the patient for ERCP. Okay. And and what uh what are the risks of ERCP that you would consent him for? Uh some so some of the risks involved here uh, include pancreatitis, bleeding, perforation, or even failure of procedure, because it may not be possible to sort of clear the CBD stones with the ERCP. So this would be sort of the key risk that'll be counseling the patient and the family um, when consenting. Okay. So talk me through an ERCP and, and the patient and what happens. Sure. I think the first process is consent, which uh, we've just uh, covered. So consenting patient or consent form for if they can't. Mm -hmm. Second thing is sedation. So often patients sort of need a combination of midazolam and fentanyl or general anesthesia if the patients are clearly unwell. So you need sort of your uh, anesthetic colleague uh, involved here. Um, patients often get antibiotic prophylaxis if they are not already on antibiotics. This patient was clearly started on broad spectrum antibiotics. Uh, some patients, I believe, also get PR, um, sort of rectal ibuprofen to reduce the risk of pancreatitis. And so you start off with a normal OGD first uh, and then proceeding with a duodenoscope, which is essentially a side view scope um, to visualize the ampulla. Also key, important to visualize the ampulla. Sometimes ampulla relation can cause uh, similar presentation with cholangitis. And the next step would be doing a spinserotomy via cutting wire, essentially trying to dilate the ampulla for easy clearance of the CBD stones. And then you insert a guide wire to the common bile duct and a dye inserted, and you have the uh, um, assistance of your X-ray radio radiographers screening to visualize the biliary tree and confirm the presence of CBD stones intraluminally. And there are two options, I believe, to sort of clear the CBD stones. You can use a basket or a balloon troll to clear stones. And it may not be possible to clear all the stones, especially if they are large or multiple. So in that cases, you may need to leave a stent in situ uh, and patient need to repeat ERCP down the line. Okay. And for stone disease, what do they need longer term? Oh, they would need the surgical review for outpatient or sort of cholecystectomy, either inpatient or outpatient. Okay, fine. Well, this, the time's up quickly. Well done. That's the scenario over. Thank you.